Hello everyone, welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will. For this podcast, an episode will come out every weekend and we'll have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. Now, today's episode is all is all about NFL awards predictions. It's getting closer and closer to this point. It is the night before the Super Bowl. So I figured as we get closer to the conference cha- in, of the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship, why not go ahead and give my predictions of what I think will be um, who I think will win each award. And those awards are Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and MVP. So what I've done is I've obviously done some research given my predictions and put down why I think that. And then I put my second and I'll explain why I don't have all this I don't have all this stuff for the second people, but I don't have much stuff, but I will give explanations of why. Um along with that, we are getting closer to um NFL draft time, so I'll th- I'll talk about what uh that entails at the end of this episode. So Let's go ahead and jump right into that. So we're going to start with Coach of the Year. And what I think Coach of the Year entails, it says, for me, it's taking a team, whether they were uh, bad, average, or good, and taking them to the next step of, if they're bad or average, taking them to good, or if they're taking, or if they're average or good, taking them to great. Um, and to me, you look. I think there are two people that kind of put this in, into the right mind mindset and my winner for this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. They went 4-12 and last season and finished third in the division. And keep in mind, that was with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out through injury. He tore his ACL last season. So they had different quarterbacks going there. They had C.J. Beathard, uh, I know for sure, running, uh, running the helm for a little bit. And they just could not get it. Um, get it right there in San Francisco last year. Well then, so Jimmy G comes back, and as you know, he he lit up the league. This team uh, plays really well, and along with Jimmy G coming back in that offseason, they they drafted Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. And a lot of you are probably saying, why are you talking about the drafting? Well, because it, and it's not just general managers that are a part of it. Coaches have a say in who they want because obviously they run a scheme and they, they say this guy fits our scheme a little bit better, so this is who I'd like to go after. So Nick Nick Bosa and Diego Samuel. Another thing is midseason they did trade for wide receiver Manuel Sanders, um, which did help a lot throughout the rest, rest of the season. And they also, in the offseason, traded for D Ford, which added to what was an already pretty stellar defense. So, again, Shanahan, including his input, saying this is what I think we should get, this is what we need, so on and so forth, this is who I'd like to get, and, and that was that was a big part. You know, and this year they end up going 13-3, uh, and three and they won the division. With, with Shanahan, to me, it just says that in, he's, a, he's a hell of a coach. He really is. You know, and being a Redskins fan and having him part of the staff being assistant now he's doing really well with the 49ers it's like i wish we had him back but of course stuff like that's going to happen but this team really kind of proved i think proved a lot of teams 
uh, wrong because keep in mind before before last season Jimmy G was traded to them and only played a certain amount of games and last year was his chance to prove that he was that starting quarterback he goes down and now this year he really had a chance and he takes the uh, them to 13 and three but that also goes into coaching and making sure that Jimmy G was right and along with that they did beat the Seattle Seahawks in the last week in week 17 to win the division and I think all this entails Kyle Shanahan to being coach of the year he puts them up on this different pedestal I think he he helped influence moves he helped influence players he put them in the right spot and to me there's it it makes a whole lot of sense for it to be Kyle Shanahan I know a lot of other people may be saying I don't agree with you I don't agree with you I think you got like Sean McDermott or Mike Vrabel or those kind of guys. I agree with you. I think those coaches did, you know, do, should be given their due. But I think Shanahan just put this team to a different level. Because Vrabel was with the Titans. They were, they last year they did just miss out in the playoffs this year. They just made it to the playoffs. Um, but again, they have won a couple games. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but... You know, I, I think that's, I think Vrabel has put them up to a pedestal, like up close to the pedestal, but Shanahan has put the Niners onto a pedestal because the way that the 49ers are playing is something that can be sustainable for, I think, years. Well, the way that the Titans are playing, it can be sustainable for at least a season. I don't know if it, it will, will go on for three or four more seasons because it will take a toll on Derrick Henry, but to me, that's the difference between a guy like Vrabel and um, other people, other coaches that are being considered. Lafleur, yes, he comes into the Packers, but to me, if you look at Lafleur, he inherits a really, really good roster. Kyle Shanahan, you know, yes, you know Jimmy G was already there, but he also made a lot of other moves to make sure that they were not in the same situation as they were last season. Um, so. My second, my second place, and a lot of people are going to be mad at me for this, I think is Mike Tomlin. Yes, people are going to say, Vrabel, McDermott, slow your roll there. Mike Tomlin, listen to this. Big Ben goes down really early in the season, and he has to roll with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges the rest of the year. James Conner gets hurt pretty, got hurt like throughout the season, and yet he still led the, the Steelers to a pretty good season. You know they they weren't bad, they weren't great, but he but he, Tomlin put the Steelers in a situation like the Steelers were not in a good situation with Rudolph and Hodges, and Tomlin still leads them to a pretty damn good season. You have to put him into consideration. To me, he's second over those guys because if you have a roster that is depleted by injuries, i.e., Washington. You know, and you're still winning, which Washington wasn't. Then there's something right, or the coaching, the coaching's right, and that's the way that I think. That's why you got to look at this. Tomlin had a bunch of, and keep in mind, no Antonio Brown, right? So you have Juju Smith-Schuster there. You have James Washington. You, you have a couple. You, you have very few 
playmakers there that were there a couple years ago that made this Steelers team really good. No Le'Veon Bell. Yes, they had James Conner. No Ryan Shazier. Yes, they draft Devin Bush. But it make to me, it makes a whole lot of sense to say that Tomlin deserves at least a second pl- at least second place in Coach of the Year. Moving on to the next award, Comeback Player of the Year. This is usually somebody who was hurt or um, did not play for some reason the previous year or um, or did not play well and then comes back and just blows everybody out of the water. So, you know, when Adrian Peterson tours, tours ACL, he comes back and he blow, blows the league out of the water. He won Comeback Player of the Year. So to me, when you're looking at comeback, this guy has to immediately make an impact as soon as he comes back. And it's not just for himself, but for his team. So there were a lot of people, a lot of players considered for this. And you can consider Jimmy G a part of this. And there's a lot of other players. Darren, Darren, I saw something where Darren Waller was considered, but I'm... I wasn't completely sold on that. And, you know, I kept looking. I kept looking. I was like, hmm, there's only one right answer here. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. This makes a whole lot of sense because he started out in Miami. He gets drafted in Miami the same year. Keep in mind that RG3 and Andrew Luck are drafted. And so that would be 2012. And so you look at where Tannehill is at this point, and it's just like, and you knew he played pretty well in Miami, but he was never outstanding. He got hurt a couple times. He got hurt. He was injury prone. So it was kind of like, is he, is he ever going to get out of this uh, injury, like this, these injury sustained seasons, and actually have a pretty good, pretty good team to play with? Because the Dolphins, whenever he was there, never were never in a good situation. Never gave him the the uh, supporting group that he should have had. They never really had a solid offensive line. They had some good running backs. They had some receivers, but they just couldn't protect him, which was pretty bad. So this this last offseason, he gets traded from the Dolphins to the Titans. And it was a bit of a questionable move by the Titans to trade for him because he was very injury-prone, and they already had an injury-prone quarterback in Marcus Mariota. But they ended up benching Mariota, and Tannehill gets his first start week seven against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, they did not win the game against the Chargers, but listen to this. Ever since coming in in week seven, he went he he went with 201 completions for 286 attempts, 70.3 completion percentage, which is outstanding. 2,742 yards. He had 22 touchdowns. Now, you know, usually you don't talk about, you know, interceptions when you're talking about a quarterback in a good season. And I will say, yes, he does has, yes, he did it six picks. And I will address this after he gets to this, uh, after I finish up with all this stuff. He, 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 I put in air quotes, among others. Well, he and among others, that's what I'll say. Leads the Titans to the wild card spot, beats the Patriots and the Ravens, and he and they are one game away from the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of people are probably saying, "Well, will 
Derrick Henry has really kind of carried this team. Yes, you can argue that, but there have also been times to where Tannehill played lights out and won games for the Titans. He kept them in some games. I remember watching a game against the Saints. Tannehill was playing well. He Tannehill was actually playing pretty well. He was keeping them in the game pretty early on, and then it just it just kept rolling. Tannehill is the kind of quarterback where you can be like, wow, he can actually play. Because you don't get because you have those situations or of where somebody goes to the wrong team or is in not a right situation, like Josh Rosen, you can think, okay, maybe if he gets in a different situation, he might end up playing, or he's not good, right? In this case, Tannehill needed a different situation. He goes to Tennessee, and he ends up playing lights out. To me, that earns comeback player of the year. He he has played really well, and a lot of people will argue, well, he doesn't deserve it. Derrick Henry did all the work for the Titans. Oh, all contraire. Because Tannehill, like I said, had played lights out, but also for also keep in mind for Tannehill that he's had to throw the ball to AJ Brown, keep in mind a rookie who had a thousand yard season. And along with that, their tight end, they did not have Delaney Walker this whole season, and John U. Smith who has emerged as a star because of him. So you have to say, Tannehill has also done this for the Titans. So, there you go. My second my second place is Jimmy G. Again, he did tear his ACL last year. He comes back to the 49ers and just explodes. He leads them to 13-3. and He has them one game away from the Super Bowl. And, you know, to me, this Jimmy G has had an odd just story his whole career starts with the Patriots plays a couple games there gets hurt Patriots end up trading him and then he goes to the Niners blows up a couple games gets hurt and then proves that he can be a starting quarterback and to me Jimmy G this one's close between Tannehill and Jimmy G but I think Tannehill deserves it just a tad bit more than Jimmy G because of where the Titans were and where he was to now he to where he has exploded. So the next award, Defensive Rookie of the Year. So obviously this is somebody who was just drafted last uh, th- this past year and makes an immediate impact on this team and is going to be a star in the future, more than likely. So a lot of people considered here... But the people, the player that I went with, Nick Bosa from the San Francisco 49ers. This is how it's going to go. Most, most of the guys that are going to win these awards are, or, or in second place, are from the same team, or they're, uh, or they're all playoff teams, which makes it, which makes it like, uh, this isn't fun. But it actually is. Um, but Nick Bosa from the 49ers, he had 32 solo tackles on the year. 15 assisted, 47 total, 9 sacks, so almost double digits, 16 and a half tackles for loss. As a defensive lineman, had one interception, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. Now, Bosa, his brother Joey, you know, both of them had a huge impact coming right on out, and there was a big question mark, I think, for Bosa as well. When he, you know, when he was drafted, a lot of people were saying, well, 
he he didn't play much at Ohio State his senior his senior season, so I don't know I don't know what the deal is. The Niners, you know, rolled the dice when they picked him at two because of that situation. I still thought he was gonna go to, but Bosa proved everyone wrong. Hey, that that entry has no has no issue on me now. I can play a ball. Here you go. And he balled out for a 49ers defense that is pretty good, you know, and that is, that has a lot of good veterans in Quan Alexander, D. Ford, Richard Sherman, and yet this is the guy, to me, that has really shined throughout that whole defense. This is the guy that you're probably going to talk about should should they beat the Packers, should they go to the Super Bowl. This is the guy defensively that you're going to talk about. Um, and, and that that's really the gist of it behind Bosa winning this. My second is Devin Bush from from the Pittsburgh Steelers cuz yes, TJ Watt shined, but Devin Bush, you know, this is a guy that they needed to shine and he did. This was their replacement for Ryan Shazier and he goes out, he balls out and this is a guy that you know comes out of Michigan and they were they actually were not originally they weren't going to get him. They're all the way in the 20s in the draft. They traded up to 10 to take take this guy because they really needed him and it really that trade proved perfect to get the to get that player and I think uh yeah I think this one is closer than people think Bush and Bosa are kind of right there because they both made huge impacts on their teams but I think Bosa just gets the edge because of where where his team is like the playoffs you don't necessarily and because that means he he had just a tiny bit more of an impact than Devin Bush, because um, also keep in mind there that of what I said with that 49ers defense, they do have some veterans, and that Steelers defense is pretty young. Yes, they have Hayward, but they also have T.J. Watt, and they have Devin Bush. They they have Bud Dupree, so it, it's younger, which means. Um, you know, since he's shining, it does. Well, since he's one of the shiners, the, the that, um, one of the better players, it's kind of like okay, but that's to be expected. That that defense is young. Well, Bosa, it's like well, that's not to be expected because they have guys like Sherman and all that. So, um, offensive rookie of the year, same kind of deal. You know, a guy that just got drafted um, makes makes an immediate impact. And uh, to me, this one was also really close because you have two guys um, from AFC teams that I think make a really, really good argument here. But I went with Oakland Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. And they went 7-9 and nine this year. A lot of people thought they were going to do better. They had Antonio Brown. Then they didn't. And then, you know, they're, they were just so up and down. But this was the one consistent player for this team in, in my opinion he had 242 rushing attempts 1150 yards on the ground seven touchdowns on the ground while he gets 20 receptions and 160 uh, 166 yards in the air Jacobs really kind of proved himself to be this um, number one running back because he, he he was in a situation at Alabama to where he wasn't getting a lot of the carries they had guys ahead of him and you know People, there were some 
draft expert saying out of all those running backs currently on on this Alabama roster, I think Jacobs is is the best, and he has fresh legs. He can prove that he can be a number one running back. He can carry the load, and that's exactly what he did in Oakland. Yes, he got hurt a little bit, but I do think Jacobs proved himself to be a really solid running back, and I I, I don't expect a sophomore slump from him. Jacobs um, deserves offensive rookie of the year. And to me, right behind him is A.J. Brown from the Titans. Like I said, 1,000 yards receiving. He had an impact. He helped the Titans make the jump to uh, to the playoffs. You know, he he's made a lot of really good plays. Tannehill's distributed the ball to him. But also, uh, and here's the other thing. He was one of two Ole Miss receivers here to get drafted and get overlooked at that this guy was drafted round two by the Titans. This guy, by the way he's played, he was a first-round talent. And a lot of draft experts are saying he, he, he is a first-round first talent. They're saying maybe not so DK Metcalf, and I think that's what puts Metcalf, for me, at three because he had a huge impact for the Seahawks. But A.J. Brown had a bit more of an impact for, uh, for the Titans. But I think based off of value... There's, uh, I think AJ Brown sneaks himself up up into second, but Jacobs really proved himself to be what people thought he was, because he went in the twenties, but AJ Brown went in the second round. So the next award here, Defensive Player of the Year, and this this is this is an interesting one, because for me this entails a defensive player that makes a lot of plays, um, is flying around the field, his, his name is always called, and you know who the guy is. Aaron Donald has won this, has won this award, and um, you, you know who he is. There's, I can't think of anybody else right now, but you know, based off of what I've heard this season and, my, and, the, and the research that I did, there was only one player in mind because, well, to me, there was one player in mind. A lot of people were saying Stefan Gilmore. Yes, he flew around the field. He's made a lot of good plays. He has six interceptions for the Patriots. He's the guy. That's what they're saying. To me, that's a, yeah, no. I'm sorry. There's one guy that I have a really good feeling of. Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick. He had five interceptions on the year, 130 yards on interception or on interception returns. He has he has one pick six. He has two forced fumbles. He has three fumble recoveries. 79 yards on those recoveries. He has a fumble recovery for a touchdown. He had 68 total tackles, 43 solo, 25 assisted. I think he deserves to get this spot. Gilmore, yes, he has six interceptions, but does did he really kind of make that impact that what you heard there where he's had, you know, all those forced fumbles, those fumble recoveries, a touchdown here, a touchdown there? Okay, maybe, yes, but I and I think what proved Minka to be the defense player of the year is he goes from Miami, gets traded from Miami, to Pittsburgh and immediately makes all these plays. He's all over the field. He is now a household name there in Pittsburgh. 
it makes a whole lot of sense because they're going to lock him up. They're, they're going to want to keep him, and he's he's made all these plays, and if he can keep that up, he's going to be set for the next couple years there in Pittsburgh. He's going to be making a lot of money as a safety. But now, I do think Gilmore is number two. Like I said, those six interceptions, he's, he's a part of that really good Patriots defense um, that has... Sh- that did show up a lot this season. You know, they people say their defense wasn't good. They did have a lot of good players. They played well. That what that is what was carrying them. Their offense. Keep in mind, go go look, go back and watch that Titans game, the wild card game against the Titans. The offense really wasn't doing much for the Patriots. The defense was essentially keeping that game close. They, they were, and Brady made one mistake, and that's right, but, you know, when something like that happens, you got to come back, but to me, Gilmore is number two for, for defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, um, obviously different criteria, a guy who makes plays every time he touches the field, um, has, you know, well, obviously, a lot of these in all all of these are, you know, okay, has has an impact on the team. That's what all of these are. But then also, to me, offensive player of the year entails that they're they're always going to touch the ball, right? More than likely, when they're on the field, they're going to get the ball in their hands. And to me, there's nothing more that there's no other player that describes that more than. Michael Thomas, the receiver from the New Orleans Saints. 149 catches on the season. Keep in mind, that's an NFL record. 1,725 yards. He was only three, 300 yards away. Well, a little less than 300 yards away from a 2,000-yard season. And that's unheard of. That is unheard of. And to have something like that in, yes, nine touchdowns as well. Touchdowns might not be a lot, but to me, it's still impressive when it's still impressive to be close to double digit touchdowns when they have guys like Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, uh, Jared Cook at tight end, and you know, they gotta distribute the ball, and that's the that's the way they did. And to me, Michael Thomas really proved himself to be offensive player of the year when he broke that record of catches and gets close to another record in two thousand yards. Um so that that's pretty self explanatory there. I would say for my my second is Derrick Henry. Um you know, we know what he's done for the Titans. He has abs they essentially they hand him the ball and he just takes off nobody can tackle him he's a beast and he's he's been a driving force for this playoff run and you know for for me looking at this you know he it is you know henry's gonna get a lot of votes so is michael thomas but i think thomas is going to get it i think thomas should get it uh because you know the saints have a lot of other key you know, have a lot of other players that they distribute the ball to. The game plan around the Titans is just strictly hand the ball to Derrick Henry most of the time. Uh, but that's, I mean, that still that still comes in with a. It's going Derrick Henry's going to get a lot of votes for this. 
Um, and, and it's you can't deny it. Derrick Henry is either going to get this or come in second. That's the only way to look at it. A lot of people are going to say Christian McCaffrey should be up there. Why not a quarterback? And here, here's why I'm not going to Number one, more than likely offense player of the year, if it's a quarterback, is going to be MVP. I don't think a quarterback deserves it this year. I'm not saying MVP, but deserves offense player of the year over a guy who performed like Michael Thomas or Derrick Henry. Because there's times when they... When these two get the ball, that they're that they're held to um, against good defenses, they could easily be stopped. And yet, their quarterbacks have to win games, and other other players have to touch the ball. But I think these two deserve it over a quarterback. And with Christian McCaffrey, he was on a team that really didn't that did not perform well, and that's why I think he falls out of this race. And it goes to a guy like Michael Thomas. I do think Christian McCaffrey would be is in the top five. I don't think he's three. I don't think he's four. I think those two go to quarterbacks, but I do think he is in, in the top five. Then here comes MVP. MVP to me is always to me is someone who's special, someone who had a special season and is going to be special for a long time. You've had guys like Aaron Rodgers win MVP. Tom Brady. You see a lot of the quarterbacks mainly win MVP. You hear people that are like, well, Michael Thomas should be up for it this year. Russell Wilson should be up for it this year. Last year, people were arguing Aaron Donald should get MVP. And I, there have been things of the MVP is a lot like the uh, is a lot like the Heisman. More than likely, it's a it, it's a quarterback. Because over the past couple of years, it's mainly been quarterbacks. You don't hear a lot about running backs when the Reggie Bush with the Heisman, um, Mark Ingram won the Heisman, but you have guys like Lamar Jackson who have won it, Tim Tebow who have won it, you know, and then you have, you know, you had a quarterback this year win it in Burrow. You had Baker Mayfield. You had uh, Kyler Murray. You have this is undoubtedly the Heisman of the NFL because more than likely a quarterback wins it. So before I actually say who my MVP winner is, I'll go ahead and say my second place, and I think it's Michael Thomas, and he he is a special talent. This is a guy that has gotten better every year and has proved himself to be an All Star, a Pro Bowler, a guy who who can probably sustain this for years to come. This is a guy that. The Saints will look to almost every play. And this is undoubtedly a guy who should deserve MVP. But it won't go to him because it's going to go to a quarterback. Like it always does. And that that's if that's what's gonna gonna happen. But um you know, and people are saying, why not Russ? Why not Chris McCaffrey? Again, Russell Wilson was a part of a team that, you know, I think Russell Wilson made guys look good, right? And that's that's also a part of it, but also there's, you know, part of it is you can't necessarily make people look good, and you can't have people make you look good. You have to be a dominant player all over the place, right? Lamar Jackson didn't make... Marquise Brown looked good. Marquise Brown had speed. 
It didn't make Willie Sneed look good. He had speed. Mark Andrews was always open. There was no one that any defense could could cover. And if you're not getting where I'm going with this, I'm giving this to Lamar Jackson. Like I said, these guys were open. Mark Ingram was running the ball consistently and doing pretty doing well consistently. Big trust. He's getting it. Lamar Jackson's gonna get gonna get this MVP. Yes, they're not in the Super Bowl. Yes, they're not playing in the playoffs anymore. And people are like, why not Mahomes? Because Mahomes has not had the did not have the season that Lamar has had. Yes, the Chiefs are a good team and Mahomes is great. But Lamar Jackson has to get this. If it's a quarterback, you have to get it right, and it has to be Lamar. 265 completions on 401 attempts, 66.1 completion percentage, 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, 36 through the air, 176 attempts rushing, 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 206 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. And you're telling me this guy's not going to get the MVP if you're saying Russell Wilson deserves it. Patrick Mahomes deserves it. Don't get me wrong. Those guys are great players. And Russ and Mahomes and McCaffrey and Thomas. But if you're not going to, if you're not going to give it to Michael Thomas, who I think deserves it, but knowing what's going to happen when it's going to a quarterback, it's got to be Lamar. This is the only guy that has transcended the NFL. This de- Well, not the only guy. This is one of the quarterbacks that has transcended this league for this next generation. Lamar Jackson is essentially this generation's Michael Vick. And there's nothing wrong about that. Lamar Jackson is going to be a baller for 10 years, 12 years. Can he keep up the rushing stats? Maybe not over that time. Probably not. But also, I think he's proved everybody wrong that he can truly pass the ball. And I think that's what makes this even more impressive. I think he deserves MVP if it's, a, if it's quarterback. And this is only the right way to go. Um, but besides that, that's really it. You know, there, there would be one other one where it's executive of the year, but... I, I don't want to go over. I'm not going to do that one. That's That would be too much. Um, but now that we're done with that, and we're close to those conference championships, we're close to the Super Bowl, why not go ahead and give predictions on what I think will happen? Um, and let's, let's, look, let's start with the NFC Championship of Packers. Niners, um, this, I think this will be a great matchup between these two teams. They met once before. Aaron Rodgers was you know, was held to, uh, what was it? Not a great performance. I think he only had a hundred some yards passing, which means they, they locked down those receivers in green Bay. And if that happened once, I think it can happen again. And I like the way Jimmy G has distributed the ball. I like the way that they run the ball in San Francisco. I think, uh, I think Emmanuel Sanders will have a hell of a game. Debo Samuel is going to have a hell of a game. 
Um, but I don't think they'll have 100 yards in this game, 100 yards receiving. The only guy on this 49ers team that I think will have 100 yards receiving is George Kittle. George Kittle, I think, will light up the Packers and think that Niners are going to win this game because some. I, I think the Packers won't be able to handle Kittle, and I don't mind either of these teams winning. Keep in mind, I like both teams. I just think that's what's going to be the case. And then you've got the Titans and Chiefs. This is, I think, the more intriguing matchup to see. Can the Titans do it again? Because the Titans upset the Patriots. They upset the Ravens. Can they upset the Chiefs? And um, I think this this is one that I'm going to watch closely because of the way that the Titans have been playing. And can they keep it up? In my opinion, I, in my opinion, I think they will. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a hell of a game. I don't, I don't necessarily think that Taney Hill is going to have to light it up. I think he he's going to throw the ball a little bit more though, because I if I'm the if I am the Titans, I'm a little bit worried about these guys, about the Titans. You know, you know, catching on to Derrick Henry. You know, later on in the game. So, and I'm not a, the biggest fan of the Chiefs secondary. They're not that great. Um, they have not really proved to stop a lot of people. I know that was the case last year. I do think they have improved from last year. But I, that secondary, with the addition of Tyron Matthew, they got one Thornhill from UVA, um, and they do have Kendall Fuller. But... I do. I still think that the secondary is just a tad bit weak, and I think AJ Brown's going to have a hell of a game, and I think John Smith's going to have a hell of a game. I think those two guys will play lights out. I think Taney Hill will have about two hundred, maybe maybe two hundred thirty yards um, through the year. I think Derrick Henry won't have as as many yards rushing on the ground. I think he'll probably be held to maybe. One, maybe one fifteen. Um, I think that's enough to have this to be a close game. I think, but I do think that the Chiefs will actually pull this out. Yes, a little misdirection there. I do think the Chiefs will pull this out because there's a lot of speed that the uh, <laughs> that the Titans are going to have to deal with with Tyreek Hill and um, Demarcus Robinson. Can they guard Travis Kelsey? I think that's going to be the biggest problem. I think they can stop the run for the Chiefs, but it's going to be Mahomes is going to have to make plays to those three guys and potentially even more to win this game. Um, And I think that will be the case. So I think we'll see a 49ers-Chiefs Super Bowl. I think no matter what happens this weekend, we're going to get a really entertaining Super Bowl. Um, whether Whether the Titans or the Chiefs win or the Niners or the Packers, this is the first time where it's like, I'm not like, oh, this is the first time where I'm like, this is going to be a great Super Bowl to watch because one, the Patriots aren't in it. And two, there's no NFC, no, no. Uh, there's no NFC East team. I'm kidding. Of course. I mean, uh, it's still going to be, it's, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. This is one a lot of people I think will tune into. Um, so We'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll go on from there. But um, something I did say in the uh, before we got into this episode, it is again 
getting just a tad bit closer to the NFL draft. We do have the um, NFLPA Bowl going on tonight. We have the um, the Reese Senior Bowl going on next weekend. Um, or yeah, next weekend, and uh, we got we got a couple other of those coming up as well. We have the East West Shrine Bowl, which I believe is tomorrow. Um, but we'll see what uh, what the case is. So we're getting closer to. Um, the NFL draft, which means I will end up doing uh, maybe one or two mock draft episodes this year as I get through that. And once the Super Bowl, once we wrap up and the Super Bowl is done, we'll know the we'll know the full round one order. I'll go ahead and work on that. I'll release one probably in February, and I'll release a final one in April. Um, both being just round one, so that's how that's going to work. Um, but besides that, uh, y'all chime in on what you guys want to hear um, on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter. Uh, y'all chime in there. But besides that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, and I I hope y'all enjoyed it.